0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open-source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Marcos Criselli. Marcos is an iOS engineer at TopTal, an exclusive network of top software developers. Welcome to the show, Marcos. Hey, Garrick. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Did I get your name uh, pronunciation pretty good or what? Yeah,
1: yeah the pronunciation
0: was great. <laughs> Marcos Griselli. Exactly. That's nice. Italian. Nice. Oh, it's an Italian name? Yeah, it's an Italian name. My whole family cool. is Italian. Oh, wow. And you live in Argentina, right? That's like a common thing that there's a lot of Italians in Argentina?
1: Yeah, some time ago, like before the Second World War or first, I don't know, there was a bunch of immigrants italian so there's a lot of italian people here in argentina
0: right on what are you up to right now
1: um i'm just finishing the day you know it's pretty late here so trying to wrap up a few things and get ready for tomorrow
0: what time is it over there
1: it's ten thirty. 30 the night
0: oh wow thank you for staying up late for us <laughs> no problem it's uh, 6.30 where I am right now, and uh, yeah, so let's, let's get into this interview then. That way we can all go to bed and get a lot of good sleep. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so you're in Argentina. Where exactly? What city? In Buenos Aires. is the capital. Buenos, the capital. Buenos Aires. What's that like?
1: It's actually really, really nice. You know, a lot of people that come over um, really falls in love with the city. Um, it has a lot of of cultural places, a lot of museums, a lot of parks, recreation. It's actually a really nice city to live.
0: Did you grow up there?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I've been pretty much living on the same five blocks all my life.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never been to Argentina. I definitely want to go visit there one day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so far away from, from where you are, but it's definitely a worthwhile trip. You know, a lot of people do like Rio de Janeiro and then Buenos Aires.
0: Okay. I think you're the first uh Argentinian iOS developer I've ever heard of or talked to. Or been uh, well connected heard with. of
1: yeah, heard of it's a bit extreme, but probably yeah, connected. Uh there's a pretty pretty big community here. Maybe iOS is not that common over here. You know, Android has like the the biggest share of the market by far. I think it's something like ninety percent or ninety five percent to five, something like that.
0: Okay. So
1: there are a few of us.
0: You're not the, so you're not the only iOS developer in Buenos Aires? No, definitely not. Do you guys have like a little scene where you guys meet up or anything like that?
1: You know, there's, there's a few meetups. Uh, there's one called NS Coders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had never been there, but I was, I, I was trying to go for the past few, for the past two times. And I just couldn't make it, but it's definitely on my bucket list. Uh, I think the next, next one is like next week. And I already have everything ready to go there.
0: Yeah, you definitely should, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so a little bit about how Marcos and I met. We've technically never met in person. This is actually the first time we've ever talked, okay. um, you know, over, over, you know, audio. We've messaged a little bit. And uh, Marcos actually recently became my patron, correct? Yeah, that's right. And uh, so then... I was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, I always like just check everybody out, especially I follow all my patrons on Twitter. And I saw that you were an engineer at TopTal. And I'm like, that sounds cool. Like, what's TopTal? And then TopTal, I looked at it and that seemed pretty cool. And I saw that um, there's like, they do a lot of remote stuff. And I'm like, dang, dude, like, that's cool. I'm gonna, you know, work remotely and, and all that. And so, um, you know, so I, I definitely wanted to have you on at some point uh, to, to talk about, you know, your experience at TopTel. I was supposed to interview somebody this weekend, um, and they canceled last minute. And so I posted something on Twitter. Hey, you know, does anybody want to do an interview? And you were the first person, um, to reach out. So, you know, so now is the time that we are, are doing this. So I'm really happy to, uh, to have you on. Um, and thank you for being my patron by the way um how did that like how did that come about and like how did you decide to to do that like how did you find the podcast
1: um i found the podcast i remember listening to some podcasts last year i think it was ray wenderlich's one which is pretty cool but i was looking for something to listen like when i'm driving or when i'm not paying exclusive attention to it yeah and there aren't many podcasts you know that that take on this side you know just a regular chat and it felt like all of the podcasts i had to you know pay attention i i don't mean not like like taking notes or actually studying but you know you had to keep on the the thread really of the conversation engaged. right yeah, yeah. Um, but that's cool for more technical podcasts but yeah i was i was looking for something to hear on my on my ride right to the office when when i go And yeah, I came across your podcast and I started scrolling. You had like a lot of episodes and, you know, two names appeared, like huge letters. Uh, Jesse Uh Squires and, well, of course, Chris Latner. Nice. Yeah, haven't heard the the Chris Latner one yet. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's mainly because I tried to start with the... With Swift developers uh, that are working, you know, on iOS apps, that's kind of what I do. Right. And try to see, I don't know, uh, Jesse Squire's one was so cool because I used a lot of his open source uh, projects, you know, like the messages. And and actually hearing hearing him out was really, really nice, you know, um, get to know these people on other level rather than just the code that they open source.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. Shout out to Jesse. He's super rad. We've met a couple times in person. And yeah, wow. Well, I'm glad that um, you found that value in the episode. I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons why uh, I do this. This podcast is to um, allow people to get insight like that into the people that, you know, we follow on Twitter and hear about and read their blog posts and use their open source and stuff like that. So yeah. well, cool. Awesome. All right. So can you explain a little bit about your work at TopTal? So you're an iOS engineer at TopTal. Like, what does that mean? What does it consist of?
1: Yeah, I'm not a part of the internal team. I work with with the clients, you know, that get to TopTal.
0: Okay, so maybe like explain that a little bit, like a little bit more about, you know, I said it's an exclusive network, but let's like explain that. Uh, What is TopTal then?
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, PopTool is an organization that connects uh, extraordinary talent with uh, some of the best organizations. I know they worked with pretty huge companies like Airbnb. And, you know, there's some developers there that worked in in these huge companies as well. We have developers that worked at Google, Facebook, Microsoft.
0: Okay, so I'm Google, Facebook, or Microsoft, and I need to hire on some new people, but I don't need to hire, like, a full-time employee. I just need to kind of maybe hire somebody part-time. Right. Um, They have, yeah, they have have
1: any kind of modality you can pretty much get to any agreement. Yeah, I've been working, like, in full-time projects for the last two years, and and they just have you, like, uh, 40 hours per week. And you, you become a part of the company's team, um, but distributed. You know, I've been working with a lot of companies that have all all of their of their professionals distributed around the world, and you just become one more, but without having a direct contract with the company, rather than you have the contract with TopTel, and they make they have the contract with the other company.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so it could be full-time employment, it can be contract. It could be so part-time, any- it could be hourly, yeah, anything. Ah. And the, and as you said, the contract is with TopTal. It's not through the the actual employer. Exactly. That's interesting. Okay. I wonder I wonder why that even needs to exist. I mean, it's like a recruiter in a way, but then at the same time like you're you're an employee of TopTal. Um
1: so yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not an employee of TopTal, but the thing is that a lot of the companies that I worked with, you know, they 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 had their developer gone like on Friday and they needed to mo- keep on moving on a project. And the entire recruitment process to do it in-house can take a lot of time. Uh, you can find out someone that seems like a good fit, but turns out he isn't. And I had a lot of companies say like, hey, we started looking for someone on Monday. And with TopTool, we had like, a list of five developers with proven apps, uh, proven uh, coding skills uh, with, I don't know, degrees and a lot of important jobs already there to start working for us. So that's like a major thing for clients that need to hire someone and don't have the time or the money to make like an in-house search.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And And then Toptal's thing is like, they're all about the top 3%, right?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that makes reference to the entry process that is actually re- really hard.
0: And so like they only you can only become a part of the top town network if you're you know if you pass their really rigorous like tests, which then they say you're like top three percent.
1: right, exactly. I think that three percent number exactly comes out of the first of like the first tests that they make that only three percent make it through them. But I I know that last year um, someone shared like statistics and it was like one and a half percent, less than one and a half percent of all the applicants that were thousands. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you have the top talent network of talent and then you have like TopTal as a business so they have their own developers and so what you were sort of getting at is you don't work internally at TopTal you are a part of the TopTal network exactly i don't work in TopTal internal projects they
1: have an exclusive team for that
0: okay so can you describe a little bit about what what that looks like your you know being a part of this network um, you know let's say let's say you 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 finished a project you know with a previous you know engagement what's like what's the process like um, and then you know you start you know you get a job and and you start it what, what does that look like?
1: yeah, I don't know if I have been super lucky so far in my two years of top Toll, almost two and a half years, but I never been through a blank of unemployment um, as soon as I finished the project, I started looking for something else and literally inside a week or inside ten days I would get my next um, job already lined up to start.
0: So, it's, so do you like signal to them? You say I'm ready, or do they already know and they want to continuously put you to work, or do you have to kind of say I'm done and I'm ready to work? No, they
1: have. No, they have the like they are the the intermediate between you and the client. So they know when the the job is going to finish. You know, the client has to put up an end date or or something like that to say hey we're gonna be working until this point and then the recruiters knows that you finish that job and basically on your profile you can set if you're free or if you have like 20 hours per week or 30 or whatever time you have and the recruiters just um, check that to see if you're if you have time for this
0: other job that is is on the network and then they start sending you new jobs and then if and then you say which ones you're interested in?
1: Uh, yeah, there's, there's, it kind of goes both ways. There's, there's a, a list of jobs that you can apply to if your skills are fit to them. And at the same time, uh, recruiters, as soon as they get jobs, if they know that you have those skills exactly, uh, they might say, to you like, hey, uh, do you like this job? Maybe I could con- contact you with the company because um, you're not checking the list all the time. And maybe a recruiter know that knows that a job is really good for you or fits you perfectly and will just reach out via Slack.
0: Okay, so let's say you find a gig that you're perfect for or a recruiter um, has a gig for you that you're perfect for. You guys decide you want it, you apply. You have like a whole nother application process, like it's just like a normal application process I and mean, you've already gone through this whole application process with TopTal, now you have to apply again? Or how does that work?
1: Um, It depends on the client. Usually the thing with TopTool is that they already did the initial screening. So, for example, I never had a coding interview for one of the TopToll clients. But for the different projects, they might have different kind of interviews. They basically uh, present you to the client and they had their own ways. I had talks with really technical people uh, talks with the like CEO of the company um, talks with with the other developers, and they could ask you anything. Um, the whole point is that the the big um, screening process is already done with all the top to- exams to enter, but still they need to get to know you usually, right. I get like questions really mm-hmm. specific iOS questions, but nothing too hard
0: so is the process Like once you sort of get matched and you start applying to join this, you know, this company, this uh, for this engagement, is that process much shorter than a typical like standard application process?
1: Oh yeah, I had yeah I had like um, projects get done in 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 a matter of minutes and having yeah like half an hour interview and and the client likes you and you know the technical leader likes you and they would just hire you and start as soon as possible
0: yeah i mean i see that that makes sense right because all the big technical stuff is out of the way it's really more about fit like do we get along right Um, yeah and then maybe they have a specific technology question or question they want to ask you
1: exactly had a lot of apps saying hey we want to do something with i don't know video recording and photo editing have you done that oh yeah i have done that in these three apps and they would check them and say hey yeah this is like something that we want to do and that kind of matching, it's really okay.
0: Good. So so everything goes well. They want to hire you. You start, you know, next day or immediately or.
1: I have, well th- that again depends on the client. Um, I had immediate jobs like we need this as soon as possible. When can oh, when wow. can you start? And I I started on the same day. Wow. And yeah, then I had other companies that were a little a little less. Um, had a little bit more time in their hands and and schedule a, a start date, something like a week from now or maybe 10 days from now. So you get to know a bit more about them. They might send you some some documents, some stuff like that.
0: Right, because I can imagine there's, you have to do some kind of onboarding. Right, like I don't know if you're using your own computer or they send you a computer or it's a top tail computer, and then you have to have like access to their private repository probably to get their source code. Like, there's probably some onboarding um, road bumps, uh, right? Right. Yeah. Well, that's one of the I don't
1: want to say negative, but some of the of the it's interesting
0: challenge for sure.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm working with my own computer, of course, and the truth is that right now. Um, almost all, all clients that I work with had their code hosted on GitHub or Bitbucket or something like that. So it's just, you know, maybe give you an account with their domain or maybe just invite your personal account if they're, you know, just starting building an MVP. But yeah, um, onboarding on new projects, mainly if it's a big project, it's, it has, it has been one of the most challenging things that I had to do because there's no adaptation period, you know, you're not entering a a company that's already getting revenue and and a lot of times I, st- I, I just join startups that they need to get their MVP out as soon as possible and maybe they have a big code base or, or some things that I need to know first and trying to catch up as fast as I can is both uh, challenging, but it's challenging and and sometimes nice to have because, you know, you got to make it like right now. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, challenge that I take sometimes.
0: Yeah. I mean, also like once you get the code base, then you have to, as you said, kind of adapt Right, you have to orient yourself to the code base which sometimes can be big or it's just a different way of programming so you must be pretty good at being able to like get in there and understand how a particular code base works and like orient yourself to it
1: yeah um I think my my skill set for for working through other people's code has been improving a lot thanks to this um, but sometimes I've been just uh, disappointed, you know, just find code that that it sucks and the other yeah. developer left and you're you're trying to figure things out the day you joined the company with no with no one to oh my to gosh. answer your questions and you have to be productive as soon as possible. I know most of the clients that hire you know that there's like this period where you're gonna adapt to the code and try to get to know what the what the goals are and What's been done so far, but they are I know that they are expecting like this to be the fastest as possible, so you can start you know bringing uh, benefits to them. And I try as well to do it. I mean, I don't want to stay in the getting to know the code period for too long because I'm not writing any productive code for them.
0: Wow, that must be really, really challenging and frustrating at times. I mean, I, you know, at Farmers, uh, I came into a code base that had been worked on for a couple years and starting with Swift, I think 1.2. And, you know, it was contractors working with it. And there wasn't really like, um, you know, emphasis placed on code quality and, and maintainability and scalability. And, um, you know, and that's just that one project. And I still, you know, have trouble finding, like finding it easy to orient myself to it. And so for you, you know, it sounds like Doing that maybe once twice three times a year maybe uh, or more that's that that's a real big challenge, but I'm sure as you said you probably learned a lot of really um, valuable skills
1: yeah yeah I mean I've been there I haven't had a huge app uh, without developers for me to get to know from scratch okay um, so I had like medium medium to small apps which make make it a bit easier and a lot of times I get as well clients that are definitely not happy with the developers that they have and just wipe out and start from zero. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's something really common as well.
0: So how long, like what was like the longest, uh, how, how long have you been with TopTel actually?
1: Um, two years and a couple months.
0: Okay, and what would you say is like the longest engagement that you had?
1: Um, I think like about four months,
0: five uh, okay. months. Okay. Yeah, okay, full time. Well. Okay, awesome. Okay, cool. So we, I feel like I have a better understanding of like you know what your sort of situation, like what your work situation is like. It was a little confusing at first when I was reading the website like about TopTal and how it worked. And we actually, you know, I reached out to you on on Slack to kind of get some explanation. Um, but you <laughs> know, so now I feel like I have a better understanding. Um, but let's do this. Let's uh, let's find out about like you know, where you you know, came from and how you got into into all this. But before we do that, I just want to take a quick break to um, do a couple of announcements. Uh, and those announcements are um, first, I want to give a shout out to Ginny Pennicomp. Uh, Pentacomp or Pennacamp, I think I'm uh, pronouncing her name correctly. She is one of uh, our meetup members here at uh, you know in LA, Learn Swift LA, and she recently released. I believe it's her first um, iOS app. It's called Name That Truck, and she created it. Uh, it's an iPhone app. I think it might work on iPad too. And she created it for her her little boy who loves trucks, like especially dump trucks. And uh, so she uh, she comes from a programming background, but she recently got into to iOS to make this app for her kid because uh, he would always want her to, like, uh, read read these cards. Like, what truck is this? What truck is this? What truck is this? And she's like, oh, man, I need to, like, make an app for my kids so I don't have to – so I can do other things like, you know, make food for them, not sit there and show them cards. Uh, like, what truck is this? What truck is this? So she made Name That Truck, and I downloaded it. It's super cool. If you have any um, you know, friends with kids or if you have any kids, definitely download it. Um, on the, It's on the App Store. She recently released it. I think it's 99 cents. And basically, uh, it shows a bunch of photos of different kinds of trucks, and it allows the, um, the child or the, the person the, uh, to try to guess what truck it is. And, uh, yeah, it's super fun. And so I just wanted to shout out um, Ginny and her app, uh, she came to Learn Swift LA, and uh, we, w- I think we tried our, everyone was, you know, we all help each other, so I think she got a lot of help there, and she also um, came and, and helped people as well. Um, so it's just really cool to have people come to the meetup and have them reach their goals. That's why, that's what we're here for, if we can help in any way. So yeah, Ginny, congratulations, woo! Uh, next, is we have two new Learn Swift City meetups. Uh, the first is Learn Swift Queens. Uh, uh, shout out to Mark Alpont. I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, he just launched Learn Swift Queen, uh, Queens in Flushing's, New York. So yeah, congratulations, Mark, on doing that. And the next is Learn Swift Portland. Uh, shout out to Jay Mutsafi. Uh He used to come to um, Learn Swift LA. He actually introduced me to Stephen uh who, who's been on the podcast before. And yeah, he recently moved to Portland and uh, now just launched Learn Swift Portland. So I think we're up to like 11, 10 or 11 meetups, Learn Swift City meetups all around the world. Uh, yeah, so which city will be next? I don't know. You tell me. Um, okay, Marcos, um, let's get into it. So tell us about your story like where you live in Argentina right now in Buenos Aires it sounds like you were born there Uh, do you remember like your first uh, memory of programming take us back when that when that was that maybe it was yesterday maybe it was (laughs) when you were five no yeah I've I've been I am a late late programmer oh cool like me
1: (laughs) yeah I started with with university well I'm I'm finishing, it's not computer science, it's something called um, computer engineering. I'm not exactly sure what's the U.S. equivalent of it. But, but there's
0: some there's some computer in there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it has a lot of
1: computer science, but it doesn't have all the super technical parts, like I don't have a compilers um, course or something like that. So, yeah, well, I started uh, programming there. But I really didn't catch up, you know, I had to retake, uh, I think it was programming 2 or um, that we saw, Java. I couldn't wrap my head around object-oriented programming. We had first a C course with all the basic, you know, pointers and the basic functionality, uh, you know, search for the biggest number or those kind of algorithms. Really simple. This was like a lot of years ago. And then I had some Java with Object Oriented, which I, which I didn't quite understand. Um, and I started grasping programming when I was working as a database administrator. Um, oh, yeah, well, uh, let me get you into, into that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just dropped the the fact like everyone knew it. Um, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I started work, um, st- studying this computer engineering, it's a really common practice here in Argentina to start working while you're in university. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, as soon as you get like first year, uh, you start getting offers from companies, from big companies to work full time with, you know, decent salaries. So that's why a lot of people don't finish it as well here. And as soon as I finished my first year, I started to get in touch with a family's friend who has a... Database administration consultory,
0: I, I'm not sure how, how it's said. Yeah, consultancy.
1: Yeah, consultancy, uh, which actually is, um, send database administrators to different companies for them to handle all the, the database day-to-day um, actions and, and stuff. So um, this guy approached me once, I don't know, it was in a, in a meeting, and he said, like, hey... Uh, I, I heard that you were studying computer engineering. Do you know something about databases? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna have that course uh, next year, uh, or something about Unix. And and I knew like very basic commands, just just how to move inside folders, create folders, really basic stuff. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, whenever you want to learn, just come and work with us. Oh wow! <laughs> and yeah, all well, my family was was laughing because they were. They couldn't, they couldn't understand why Why would someone offer other person a job when he doesn't know anything about the topic.
0: Okay, why do you think he did?
1: Well, and the thing is that there's so little, there's so much uh, shortage of IT professionals here that oh. they had to find it like that. That's the way to find them. Wow. If, yeah, if you wait for someone to get their degree, they probably already have like four years of experience, three years of experience. And um,
0: by the time he offered you to work uh, at his company, how many years of experience did you have in, in programming? Oh, zero. Zero. Oh. This was, yeah, this was my previous job to programming. Oh, so it was like, it was before you even started university?
1: No, it, it was one year into university.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what did you do?
1: Um, I took some time and I started working with him. I, a bit afterwards. I think it was during my second year, or almost finishing my second year.
0: So while you were still in university, you decided to start working with him?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I said, well, let's give it a try, just four hours per day, something like that. And he was okay with it. And as soon as I started, it was, it was like meant to be, I was like, hey, how how can this be? I'm learning, I'm getting paid. And I'm learning a lot more than in, in university courses.
0: So it sounds like you were really enjoying it.
1: Well, yeah, I was because he he basically took like a senior administrator to teach me. And the guy was was really cool. It was was, uh, really strict, but I did learn a lot. And I was getting paid to learn. It was like the dream. So
0: did you stick with your university or what did you do?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I stick with it, but each year it was... More difficult to to you know sit down and study what what they were telling me to study because I knew I could learn everything on the site, and I really didn't understand why do I need you know algorithms and data structures when I never coded anything it was I was doing things without really knowing why um, that will all click later uh-huh. but but yeah, I try to keep and maybe do less subjects per year, take less courses. And that's the way it's been. It's so are been so you still far. in school now? Um, yeah, yeah, I had to take the decision when I was in in finishing second year of university. It was like, well, okay, um, do I work full-time and take less courses per year and you know, um, get my degree a few years later? But I'm working, I'm gaining experience, I'm supporting myself. Um, Paying my own university, um, so it was it was uh, a really easy call, you know. Get off my parents' back and stop uh, stop him from paying me everything.
0: So you are an engineer at you know what's claiming to be like a top three percent, right? And so uh, you know top talent. So if people hear that you haven't, well, what I'm getting from this is you haven't graduated yet. You don't have like a CS degree. Um, and some that might shock some people um well yeah my so my, can you explain like how 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 that is like did it not has it not prevented you obviously it hasn't like what's that experience been like
1: uh it's been a bit weird to explain to my us clients how it's been you know when i tell them well i'm going to work from uh 9 to 6 cuz then i got university and they're like how how come uh it was it was a bit more um uh, more obvious when I started working for top that I was uh, 23 years old and I had like four years professional experience and and I was still in university and they didn't understand how how did I worked like full-time a full-time job and studied and I had to explain to them that there was this was really common here in Argentina you know to delay your getting your degree in in expense of getting a lot more experience and so what, working. So
0: what, what do they say? So like they, they're like, wait, you're still in university and you're like, yeah, that's normal for here in Argentina. Then what, what happens?
1: No, everyone, everyone was really cool about it because you actually, well, you don't need a, a, a degree to, to actually prove that you can do things. I mean, it's, it's really helpful. You learn a lot in university. But if you've been already doing everything, Like I had interviews and I showed them the apps that I built. So they were looking for something like that and they're not going to stop. They weren't going to let a degree decide if I know how to do the things or not. So everyone was really cool about it.
0: So you're working, uh, it sounds like full time, but you're still going to school. You said you're doing like you're doing less and less school. Um, every, every year, but eventually it sounds like you still want to graduate. Is that correct? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't Why, why is that? Um, I mean, I invested so much time at this point. Uh, here it's a five-year course. It's a five-year career, you know, with courses every day. Uh, I invested so much time into it. And the truth is that I, I do like it. I do like learning new things um, and, and getting, you know, to to work on the school projects and everything. But yeah, I did prioritize my work, but I want that degree. You know. I, I've been working, it's a, I've been spending a lot of time there and I'm so close now that I'm not gonna stop.
0: Yeah, you wanna see it through, that makes sense. If you were to you know, talk to your, your younger self, would you do it the same way or would you say, no, just take that DB administrator job and, and get to where you are now?
1: No, no way. Do it the same way. Do it <laughs> the exact same. Start programming earlier.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, you,
1: yeah you're gonna love it. Start earlier. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I think we. Yeah, we we got a bit off. Oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just gonna uh, go through this part a bit quickly. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I worked as a database administrator inside this company for about a year until they sent me to this big client. Uh, that's um, Cablevisión is actually an internet and TV service provider here in Argentina. It has like, I don't know, over 7 million clients. It's like one of the biggest companies. And I got my first experience at 20 20 years old of a big company. And I did database administration that turned out to hate it in the end. And and I, get st- I got started with programming there, writing bash scripts uh, prior to database cloning. Uh, and I, I'd never written a script before and I started learning on my own and Googling and Stack Overflow and I started to really enjoy it. And that's when it kind of clicked into me, you know, um, and, I, and, and I started, you know, seeing it with other eyes and learning more and more. And suddenly the university courses, the programming courses were, were super easy and I had this Java course and started seeing some Android. And that's when I get started with mobile, uh, like two years into my database administration job.
0: What was it about the, the database administration that you didn't like anymore? Because it sounds like when you first started, you were really enjoying it. You were excited. You were getting paid to, to learn, basically. But by the time you got to this corporation, you didn't like doing this administration stuff anymore. Why was it? Like, what was it about the administration stuff that you didn't like? Well, The
1: thing that was really different from, from programming jobs is that everything was already created. You know, the, the cloning scripts, the backup scripts, everything was already done and only, you know, the senior guys got to, to check those. Um, my tasks were like really simple, just monitoring if something goes wrong, call the older guy. And I wasn't learning, I was just uh, doing the same thing over and over again. Um, never, never getting a, a real challenge. Uh, if something hard came by, one of the senior guys would look at it, but they will never tell you, like, "Hey, come look this with me." Um, they would do it on their own, and I really hated it. I, 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 stopped learning, and that's when I, when I tried to move away.
0: So you started picking up these, uh, you know, bash scripts, doing more bash scripting stuff. Um, describe that feeling that you had what was it what was the difference and uh, why did you like what was going on there
1: well the the big difference was that i was creating something that i was able to test right in the moment you know i started writing a script that i had no idea how to how to do and having to to you know review stack overflow and check different sources onto how to write a simple script and it turns out uh, i really liked it and and see something that i created be beneficial for others, because uh, I created the scripts and and suddenly everyone else started using them for for their pre-cloning tasks or pre-backups. And a little after that, they became like the norm, like before cloning or before uh, running a backup, just uh, run these this scripts that Marcos created and to check that everything is correctly and send the emails to the corresponding people.
0: Wow, uh, that's cool.
1: Yeah, it was really cool.
0: So then you said you started getting into Android?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew some Java from university and it was, uh, (laughs) I was kind of anti-Apple and anti, you know, the whole closed software uh, ideas. Right. Right. Because I didn't own a Mac and you had to pay to start uh, running an app on the iPhone on the developer program. Right. So I was just like, hey, yeah, Android. Oh, it's a lot better because you just you know download the IDE and the SDK and start coding your own app. It's perfect, and so I started with that. Didn't get far away because um, I started looking for other jobs and landed an iOS entry position really really fast.
0: Wow! How did you do that?
1: Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun, and um, a contact of mine just hooked me up with this guy that had a a software development company that they created backends and web pages and I went to talk to him and he was like, yeah, we don't do any mobile, but I know these guys that do iOS and Android and they usually take um, junior people to join. They teach them and then they start working for them. I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Can you contact me with them? And yeah, he sent them like an email like, hey, I know this guy. Um, why don't you interview him? And I don't know why the other guys thought that I was a friend, like he was recommending me. And I pretty much got there and and one of the one of the the, the leaders, the developer leader was hanging there with a SpongeBob shirt and <laughs> flip-flops. And I was like and I was with a I was with a shirt and like shoes all tidy up. And he was like, Yeah, do you know? A bit of object-oriented and I answered that I knew and he was like yeah join us we start the the training process in about a week so you can start working with us
0: Wow so like again you sort of met somebody who was just like yeah come work for me yeah and I'll teach you I'll pay you and yeah, I'll teach
1: a you. huge huge shout out to those guys
0: Wow that's awesome yeah I mean those opportunities they can change people's lives, and they do. And and um, so, yeah, if you're listening, and you're in a position <laughs> to offer those opportunities, definitely try to give try to give them out. And um, if you're listening and you're looking for one of those opportunities, definitely pay attention. Yeah. Um, and, and and you get you find those opportunities by you know meeting people and, and and getting out there into the world.
1: Yeah, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. I was working at this huge company. I had a good salary. Uh, I wasn't having that much fun or learning, but I had to move away. And it it wasn't easy, you know, leaving a a comfortable job with good salary to start learning something new. And and I had to do it. And it was was one of my best decisions.
0: Tell us about that. I mean, as you said, that is a tough decision. What was going on in your head? Who did you talk to? What did they say? What did you say to them?
1: Um, I talked a lot with my father, who's kind of a, a bit more old school than me. Um, or that (laughs) than you know young generation yeah and and he wasn't sure if I would get the job after this training process he told me like hey make sure to talk with them Um, make sure that after this training process you start working with them rather than they picking the best we were three three guys taking the course Uh, the like the training that pre-work
0: training so was it a guarantee or no
1: yeah, yeah, it was guaranteed unless unless you 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 didn't learn anything from those three months. And right. Okay. Yeah, those three months were with a senior developer right by your side. So if you didn't learn, it was that you really didn't want to work there.
0: Right. Okay. So he was just making sure, you know, that it was a it was going to be a little safer. Right. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. He was. Yeah. Uh, but it was okay because I understand, you know, a parent being concerned about uh son's position yeah. and all of that, but I decided that I had to do it, and they had this open position for iOS even though I knew nothing about it. I started learning, got a hackintosh
0: <laughs>
1: and and it's been all like a roller coaster from there. I started to love it. everyone I met has been super super helpful um, you know open to to help up to You know, to work on on things that maybe you don't understand or you don't know, and everyone in the community—it's been—it's been been really a really fantastic three and a half years for me on iOS.
0: So, when you started, were they and they were training you? uh, Were they training you with Objective C or Swift?
1: Uh, Objective C, yeah. Swift hasn't been announced. Wasn't announced at the moment. Wow. Okay. yeah, so I then,
0: at, at what point did you did they did you actually end up like going through the training and then you got the job with them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. I worked for almost a year with them until I, I joined Total. Wow. Yeah, wow. Uh, shout out to them. They were called Tick Taps.
0: <laughs> tick Taps.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, it was a pretty pretty okay company. Um, I mean, I'm I'm grateful that they gave me that job without really knowing iOS programming but yeah. it was it was a software development um like an agency agency right, just focused on mobile, and what can i say they 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 would deliver products, and that's it. It's not the same as having your own products and working through them
0: right, right it's more about just like getting the job done as opposed to like owning a product and exactly yeah, 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 I mean it depends on like what you what you want. I mean, at that time when you were just starting out, you needed to take whatever opportunities you could get. And oh, now, yeah. Now that you're more experienced, you can be a little more picky in like what you what you want. Yeah, exactly. So at, at what point did you realize? Um, I mean, I'm assuming that you you enjoy iOS um, and you sort of you, you you're passionate about it. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I really love it. At what point did you discover that?
1: <laughs> it was a few weeks into it.
0: Into the training?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was super fast. And I came from working eight hours to the training was only four hours a day. And I would go these four hours and then go back home and, and code as much as I can in my, in my new Hackintosh and create whatever I could create. And, and it's been like a super fast learning curve
0: for me. Uh, when did you guys start working or when did you start working with Swift? Did you ever do that at um, Tic Taps? Um, not not
1: for a client, like not professionally, but yeah, we were playing a bit on Swift. Um, I started working on my own okay. rather than for them.
0: So it wasn't until you started working at Tail that you started working with Swift professionally? Right, yeah. Okay. And then what happened? Like why did you or how did you end up? going from tick taps to TopTel? like how did why did you make that decision
1: one of the senior developers uh, shout out again sorry for all the shout outs no that's, <laughs> yeah I love it Victor Chirino, other guy another guy that I'll, I'll always be thankful uh, he was leaving and for TopTel. he had other friends that all, were already working at toptail well he was going to apply and he knew that I was looking for uh, another company and he told me about Topto and I I applied as well and we kind of did the, the whole process at the same time and we started working at okay. the same moment.
0: So was it a pretty challenging application process to join Topto?
1: Um, I had I had a lot of luck that I I just had taken some algorithms and data structures courses in university. So I had everything freshen up in my mind um some people that take the course you know don't remember about those kind of things and yeah it wasn't it wasn't impossible but sometimes in your day-to-day job you you're not used to you know those kind of math problems um so or or such a technical problem rather than than iOS you know you usually usually take on UI kit problems or you know view controllers and that kind of stuff but the this this toptal screening process had to do a lot with problem solving skills and i don't know algorithms and all of that that some people don't remember
0: do you think that uh toptal could potentially be a place for someone to get their first ios developer job uh no
1: no definitely not
0: um, who do you think uh, who do you think like it's a good place for if uh, there' you know someone's in the market who like yeah uh, you well know, why should someone work there and like how could like what's what would be a good fit you think
1: for for toptal or for yeah, for top well uh, I joined top with this guy Victor when he had a lot of apps he had like five years four years experience I, I believe or three and I I was a bit less experienced but I had taken on apps on my own. Um, I had at least three apps on the App Store that I did on my own on that okay. previous year. So it was, yeah, it, it definitely is not a place for, for you to come and start learning there, but to have like a proven record of things you did.
0: Okay. And then you guys get to work remotely?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we never worked together on the same project after afterwards, but we kind of, we, hang out from time to time to work together, because it gets it, a bit lonely.
0: We, okay, so yeah, tell me a little <laughs> bit about that. What's it like working remotely? Because like, I kind of fantasize about like just traveling the world and working remotely, um, but like, well, I'd love to get your perspective.
1: <laughs> it, it gets, um, it has both you know, positive and negative sides. Um, it's pretty cool that you get to wake up and just grab your computer and start coding, start working. Uh, but at the same time, you if you work from home, like I do, you really never leave the office. Yeah. Um, you know, you get an email from a crash or a bug report at, I don't know, 12 in the night, and you're going to open it. Uh, you try to not to open it, but as soon as you are, I don't know, watching something on Netflix or whatever, and you get the, the email alert saying crash from, I don't know, Crashlytics or whatever, you're going to open it. And you're going to check what it is. And if you get a mail from a client, you're going to read it, and that's, that, that has been the only real downside. Oh, and no, no coworkers. I do right. miss yeah, I do miss the, the chit chat, you know, the Monday morning, like, "Hey, how was your weekend? What did you do? Did you went out?" So eventually, I, I try to go to a friend's office once in a while, but it's,
0: it's not the same. Any tips for people uh, thinking about getting into it then?
1: Into remote working?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it's something that you have to try. It's not. It's, you're not going to know it until you do it, but it's, it has been really, really good for me.
0: And then uh, it sounds like you had some really good luck early on in your career. What would you say to people who are in, you know, in that stage in their career looking to get their first job?
1: Um, yeah, it, it's been like a a combination of luck and and taking the chances. For example, <laughs> this podcast right now. I mean, you tweeted you tweeted that you wanted to interview someone, and and I think that I sent you the, the message saying, "Hey, I'm up to anything, but I'm not gonna get interviewed. Like my profile is not is not to the is not like the guys you interviewed." Uh, I mean, you interviewed the, the the top developers. You interviewed Chris Latner.
0: Huh. And you a know lot what? Of people I, say stuff like that. It's funny. Like, well, that, oh, I don't know if I'm interesting. And it's like, come on, man. Of course you are.
1: That, it's true. And actually, it's my first podcast and it's a, a pretty important one. Like, I wish I had like five smaller podcasts previously because, <laughs> like, when I'm, gonna, when I'm listening to this later, I'm going to be so mad saying, oh, I could have done this better or that. But, you know, when you said to me, hey, now I want to interview, interview you, I say like, hey, okay, you know, let's do it. It's going to suck probably because um, it's my first time. But And a lot of people are going to listening, and I'm going to share it with friends, family, and, I don't know, talk to the network. And you know what? I don't care. This is the way it, it has to be. I, I'm taking my chance right yeah. here. Uh, the opportunity showed up and I'm going to take it. And the yeah. same goes with everything else. You know, if you feel that there's something you should be doing and there's the slight opportunity of chasing that, um, you know, you, you, you have to try it out because afterwards, if that opportunity doesn't come back, you're going to be wondering, you know, the rest of your life, hey, what, what would have happened if I took that entry job as a developer or if I stopped doing this that I don't like anymore and moved my career to another place?
0: yeah totally man yeah you got to take the chances when they come exactly and, you know you got to put yourself in a position to to get those chances offered to you um, Yeah. okay one of the things that we talked about um, before starting was um, how you're getting or you're trying to get into the developer community more um, oh, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah in fact I only released like one CocoaPod. And that was because I was so scared that I would upload it and someone would comment an issue saying like, hey, this is trash.
0: What oh, are you doing on GitHub? Yeah, no way.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, well, that's one of the things that working alone has. Like no one ever comes to me and says like, hey, your code is great or whatever because I don't have those kind of coworkers. Or, hey, you should open source this. This is really cool. And yeah. I was scared that, you know, Someone would sign up and say, like, hey, GitHub is only for people like Jesse Squires, superstar. No way. <laughs> yeah, I was actually scared of that. And one day I said, like, hey, you know, I'm just going to do it to see how how creating a, a library on CocoaPods feels like. Yeah. And if the process is complicated. And I did it. And actually, uh, I don't know if a lot of people used it, but it, it has, like, 80 stars, which is not a lot. but all right. It's, it's a lot more than I expected. <laughs>
0: cool. What's it called?
1: Uh, it's a swipeable table view controller.
0: All right. Cool.
1: Yeah, and you know what? Some from time to time, I get messages on Twitter uh, saying like, "Hey, your library is really cool. It it made me. I had to do that and didn't know how to do it, and I used your library. And I'm like, hey, you know, even though it's a real small thing, I did it, and I'm proud of it, and I'm trying to get time to do
0: more things. Yeah, you gotta put yourself out there.
1: Yeah, and these NS coders as well. You know, I've been, I mean, I've said like, hey, next time I'm going, it's priority number one. I want to meet other people that do the same, um, and that's the way to do it. You know, just go for it. There's no one is gonna say you like, hey, this sucks or this doesn't belong here. Um, they're gonna be super, super supportive. Uh, shout out to the Reddit iOS programming community as well. That they also commented, like a lot.
0: Yeah, and then going to the meetups is a good place to you know show people your code and get that kind of feedback that you said you're lacking because you work remotely, you don't have coworkers. Exactly. Um, okay, and the other thing you mentioned that you wanted to talk about is um, you're kind of getting into server-side Swift with uh, with Vapor. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Again, shout out to <laughs> Logan Wright. And Tanner Nelson. Awesome who, guys. Who are they? Oh, those they are the, the creators of Vapor Framework. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I started checking Swift on the server with the IBM... Kitura. Yeah, Kitura. They, they had a, a talk in DubDub. I don't know if, if it was last year or the y- other one. Yeah, it was last
0: it? year with Chris yeah. Bailey.
1: Yeah, that one. And it was pretty cool. But as soon as I started using it, uh, you had this Bluemix account set up that ended up in 30 days or something I like that. I know,
0: I know, man. And it's even like hard <laughs> to set up. I know, right? You're yeah, totally right. Okay.
1: And I was like, hey, you know, I'm sure someone else is doing a, a really good job out there without having to com- to you know, stick yourself to Bluemix or whatever IBM is selling, although Kitura is pretty great. But I found, I found a paper and started playing a bit with it and it was super simple to set up, super simple to deploy and the best part of it is that I joined the Slack channel and the guys were just amazing the support was incredible, everyone, uh, I asked like really, really noob questions for backend because I knew Swift but there were a lot of parts in in the server side that I knew nothing about and since day one Everyone would be like, hey, check out this, check out that. You could do this this way or that way. And, and again, you know, Logan or, or Tanner, they would personally reach out saying, hey, if you do this or that, you're going to solve this quickly. And, and it's been a really good experience. Unfortunately, I never had the time to finish something important or, or do some, you know, some client work. With Swift on the server side, but it's definitely on on my backend list.
0: Yeah, and I know it's possible. Um, shout out to Beacon, uh, the Beacon app, uh, Sarush oh, Kanlu, yeah. and Ashley Nelson Hornstein. I believe her name is. Uh, that their backend is written in Swift. I'm not sure what's like what they're using. Um, so I know, like, I mean, that apps, you know, that's a real app. People were using it during a dub dub. I'm assuming people are using it now. Um so it's po- definitely possible and uh it's cool that you're doing it. Uh, maybe you could teach uh, at one of your local meetups like your work um you know doing you know using vapor or maybe you could uh put like a little example project up on your your um GitHub. I've been trying to get into it. Uh it's the one area of Swift that I have sort of like the least amount of experience. I've done a little bit like I've done hello world and a couple other things. <laughs> um but I keep like setting aside some time and, and like I'll get hello I'll get to hello world and then I'll be like okay what do I do now I don't I don't know what to do next <laughs> so that's cool
1: yeah definitely make sure you reach out to the uh, slack uh, to the vapor okay. slack team
0: I haven't um, tried vapor yet I, I worked with Kitura and I've worked with uh, perfect so maybe oh, I'll try vapor okay. next yeah yeah you should have you deployed any of your server side swift code
1: yeah. Yeah, cool. um now that yeah, that paper 2 is out, I think some things changed, but when I tried it on paper 1, 1. 1.5, like deploying to Heroku was just like two two commands and done. It's
0: up. okay. Yeah. And then is there a free Heroku account? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things that also caught my mind.
0: Okay, I'm going to take a look at that. <laughs> yeah, because like I uh, um I did like the Kitura thing, but then that had the cloud mix, as you said, thirty days. And then I like started a DigitalOcean account, but then that yeah. was like five dollars a month or something. I can't remember. They they yeah. charged me five dollars when I signed <laughs> up, and I didn't even use it. Uh, and then I signed up for Amazon, and they charged me a dollar, and I didn't even really use it. And like the admin interface was like so complicated.
1: Yeah, so, Amazon is a bit complicated. I don't understand it that much as well.
0: Yeah, so maybe I keep hearing about Heroku. Maybe I'll give it a try.
1: Yeah, you should.
0: All right, cool. Well, Marcos, uh, we've reached the end of, uh, of this episode. Before we go, I want to do our rapid fire section. So uh, the first question is, what drives you?
1: Um, I think that what drives me is creating something that people carry on their pocket. It's, yeah. It, it's just crazy for me.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah, totally. Have you put any personal apps in the store? I have yet to do that. Um still working on it. I swear one day. <laughs>
1: no, no, I haven't. I need to do it as well.
0: You have any side projects in the works? Uh
1: yeah, yeah, actually I do.
0: Cool. Man, I've been uh, following all this um AR kit stuff
1: Oh, that's amazing on Twitter. You know, have you seen the ruler?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, so amazing. Cool. <laughs> oh man, so it's like yeah. Okay. Uh, when you're not programming, uh, what are you doing?
1: I try to get some physical activity, so okay. I don't spend yeah all day sitting down.
0: Running, walking, bicycling.
1: Um, I like to go to the gym.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh,
1: desktop or laptop? Uh, desktop.
0: Oh. Okay. So so uh, you work remotely, but you have a desktop at home?
1: No, I have a laptop, but I really miss you know having the. A huge screen and just a tiny keyboard that you can move around.
0: Uh, Okay, okay. Uh, Standing or sitting? Uh, Sitting. Git from the command line or from the GUI? Uh, GUI. I want (laughs) to say command line, but I'm not that good with it. (laughs) Uh, Do you use Vim, Emacs, or Nano? Or maybe what's your, actually, I think I'm going to change this one. What's your favorite text editor? Sublime Text, Xcode?
1: Um. Well, it has to be X, Xcode because I work all day with it. But if I have to do something from the terminal, it would be Bim.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, uh, Xcode nine has a, a markdown support now, so yeah, it's a little more versatile, uh, versatile as a text editor. Um, but I'm wondering if there's like, it would be cool if it had a markdown viewer, right? Well, you're like I, yeah, writing. I, yeah I use Atom. I use Atom for that. Atom or Atom. I don't so, Atom has it. a Markdown viewer?
1: Right, exactly. One oh, of the. That's uh,
0: cool. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I should probably file a radar for that because I figure if you're going to support Markdown in Xcode, like, why not have a Markdown viewer too? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, or maybe, like, what's, is, do you know of like a really simple way to view Markdown, like open it in a program? Like, what's like an easy program to open Markdown in? You, I think you can open it on any. But um, like, view it, I guess, like a Markdown viewer.
1: Um. Yeah. Not sure. Uh, can't you open it on on like Google Chrome? I oh, really? Okay. Not exactly sure, but I think you can.
0: Um. Let's see. I have tabs or spaces on here. I don't know if I'm going to keep this one. I feel <laughs> yeah, like... you should you should keep it for for hardcore people. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have any preference? Uh, tabs. I feel like Swift is just like and Xcode is just like uh, tabs by default, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Testing or no testing?
1: Well, I I wish I I could do testing all the time, but it's not the case.
0: Right, because it's kind of up to your clients. Exactly. I see. Okay. Uh, Let's hop on over to uh, your Twitter uh, profile. Oh, There's not
1: much there. (laughs) No, yeah, it's really
0: good. So uh, your profile picture, you're wearing like a nice uh, tie and a white shirt. and yeah. uh, Is that your house? It looks pretty clean.
1: Yeah, that's that's my parents' house.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Not my
1: place. Um, I think we're going to a wedding. You're going to a wedding. Okay. A wedding. Yeah.
0: Nice. (laughs) It's a nice knit tie. Yeah, I I love it. Uh, And your banner, your like profile banner, is like some character. He looks pretty dangerous.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna have this one. (laughs)
0: No, um, let me Uh, guess. Uh, I don't know.
1: Uh, a Skyrim main character.
0: Oh, cool! Skyrim is that for PlayStation or Xbox or?
1: Yeah, it's for for any any platform. Oh, okay. It's
0: like nice. Elder Scrolls. Series. So that's the one of the games you really like. Uh,
1: yeah, it's 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 a bit older. I think it's from 2011, but it's it's like the last game that I played really hardcore.
0: Is it like a third person where you you're running around and you can watch him from the third person? Yeah, third or first. Oh, or first person, okay. Is yeah. there some strategy involved? Um,
1: no, it's it's more like uh, chasing dragons, that nice. kind of stuff.
0: Cool. <laughs> and then uh, your Twitter bio, we already got that. iOS engineering at TopTel. Let's see, one of your last uh, tweets.
1: <laughs> I think my last tweet is about your show.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, the worst thing about... Oh, whoa, you <laughs> said that. That's yeah. how... Okay, so... Uh, let's read this tweet, May 29th. The worst thing about Swift Coders is that Garrick's, uh, Garrick's and, uh, smoothness makes other... I'm like saying it, and I'm not saying it smoothly, which is terrible. <laughs> but basically, my smoothness makes other podcasts feel boring. So thank you, by the way. Um, I right. I remember seeing this now, and I read this before you became my patron. And so when I went to go follow you, I was like, wait this guy looks familiar. I remember seeing like iOS engineer at TopTal. So now this is how I saw it. <laughs> so this is how we first got connected, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I believe you sent me like a reply like, hey, thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, and a lot of people think the same because he has a few likes there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I don't think that needs an explanation, but I'd be happy to hear one. Um, well, yeah, I think
1: it has to do with the fact that the podcast is not so much about technical stuff, so you can just talk freely about anything that you want and, and that makes you at least you feel a bit more, more yeah, smooth is the world because you're not talking about, um, you know, static references versus any other thing. You're just talking about life and how opportunities show up and, and meetups and more of the people Aspect yeah. of programming uh, plus, uh, are,
0: are you a lawyer? I I am a licensed attorney. Yes. Okay, so yeah, you probably have like a
1: uh, a more skill with with the with with talking and and just you know that that aspect that I'm not that good at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you know, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about um, how you like this podcast versus others because it's uh you can you don't have to like really pay attention to like get every bit of it um and then also you mentioned how it's about the people like when i created swiftcoders.org like the tagline was the people using the language um because i did want it to be about the people um the tagline's kind of changed we've kind of become this organization that helps people um it's like very community driven we help people sort of realize their their goals um but yeah, it definitely, it really is about the people and I hear that kind of feedback a lot. Like People really just love hearing uh, stories of other people and they love relating to them. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, Marcos, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, before we end, uh, where can people contact you online, if at all?
1: Yeah, they can contact me on my Twitter. It's, well, we should put it on the show notes. It's at Marcos Griselli,
0: but you are probably not going to get this that right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Perfect. Uh, for sure. And uh, lastly, one piece of advice for people learning Swift.
1: Go. Well, I think we, we already covered it pretty much. But again, don't be scared to make the jump, to expose yourself, um, to show what you've done, to receive feedback from the community or from other developers. And keep on seeking for that. That you know that that relationship with other guys that can help you out and take out and take any opportunity that shows um for good or bad it doesn't matter cuz it's it's a lot better than not taking it
0: yeah all right super super good well marcos thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your story with us uh you know your Pretty much born and raised, it sounds like in Argentina, and you, you know, went to university uh, doing computer science, and you met that family friend who said, you know, come work as a, a database administrator at my company, and you decided to do it, and you were really happy, you know, getting paid to learn, but you were, you know, still kind of in school, and you weren't really, maybe not necessarily enjoying school as much. Uh, and you started working, maybe kind of working more, and you were liking that freedom. And then you went and worked at this bigger company, um, and, but you weren't really liking the whole administrative stuff or administrator stuff. And then you started doing like that bash scripting, which then you really, you know, you realized you liked programming. Like this is what programming is to you, and this is what you enjoy, which in turn made school more interesting for you. And then you uh, got more into that, uh, to scripting and automating, it sounds like. And then that turned into like getting into Android, and then your uh, someone like recommended that you join this uh, company. Uh, what was it? Tap, tick, tick, tick taps. taps, tick, taps. Yeah. And you know they're doing this iOS kind of training program, and you you took the leap and you did that, and you worked with them for sounds like about a year maybe, and yeah, a bit you, less. Yeah, and then you joined toptal and you've been with them for about two years now and uh yeah you're just doing your thing and it sounds like you're you're opening up more to the community um and you're going to start you know reaching out to the community getting more involved um, which is really really good we need more people like that um so yeah thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing that story with us and i look forward to speaking with you again
1: cool thank you garrick for having me it's been a pleasure
0: and that's the show ladies and gentlemen I hope you enjoyed listening to the Swift Coders podcast. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends.